0: Welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan. And today on the show, I'm joined by Nailer9, a.k.a. Niall Byrne. You've probably heard of Niler 9 He's kind of like the biggest music writer in Ireland, I guess. No biggie. Uh, so I got to sit down with him. He's going to be at Music Cork and Industry Showcase, which is taking place for the first time uh, this weekend, if you're listening to the podcast before May 10th, because the festival runs or it's an industry showcase. It runs May 10 to 12 around Cork. And it sounds like it's going to be a really cool thing. It's run by Shane, who's also responsible for independence. So he's doing lots of really good stuff in Cork for Cork music and Cork artists. And Niall Niall Nine's running a show in Cypress Avenue. There's about 20 showcasing artists, I think, that are kind of playing on the Wednesday and Thursday of Music Cork. So you've got in the Cork Opera House on Wednesday, the likes of the Coronas, <clears throat> Talos are playing there as well, which would be really good. Niall's night is on the Thursday in Cypress Avenue. Tickets are free. You can apply online. He's got Lyra, Jack O'Rourke, Ava Reddy, Laboom, Boom and then afterwards DJ Cormac all playing. So it should be a really, really good night. So we talk a little bit about uh, music Cork at the end of our 40-ish minute podcast, but Nile actually has so much that we didn't really get to, so let's see if I can actually round up some of the stuff that he's involved in. As well as Music Cork, he's got uh, future-proof gigs coming up with Homebeat. Uh, it's Homebeat and Niall or nine with O'Hara's Beers, in association with O'Hara Beers. Uh, they're doing their I think it's their third showcase of new music. That takes place in Bella May 27th. Ava ready again, LaBoom Boom again, and Soleil is playing as well. I think that that's just credit to you, Ava Reddy and Laboom, that uh, they're just so good live, and there's so much potential there that, yeah, why wouldn't you kind of back them all the way? So that's taking place on May 27th. He's also got a podcast, which I thought that we were going to talk to, and then it was like at the end, it was like, no, you've got too much going on. We're not going to get to the podcast. So that's called Loose Joints. You can check that out on all the usual spots. Um, It's really good. It's... uh. It's one of those long ones, but it's also one of those ones with music as well. One of those music, rare music podcasts that actually has music in them. I guess the biggest thing he has coming up uh, takes place next weekend, Sunday, May 14th. It's Vinyl Love for Repeal. Eight simultaneous events in eight cities. So Vinyl Love is kind of like get a load of DJs together, get a load of vinyl, and you just play away. So, uh... It's, I think it's like a 10-year suggested donation, and all funds go to the coalition to repeal the Eighth Amendment. So, the eight cities and eight venues are uh, Cork, Gulp Cafe, Galway, it's same Place in Rochine Dove, Dublin, it's South William uh, Wawa Club, Sligo is Tricky McGarrigals, London is the 40-foot brewery in Dalston, Limerick is Ormston House, Manchester is Common on East Edge Street, and Waterford, it's the mojo lounge rooftop which sounds pretty cool rooftop that'd be nice and then Niall is also respond is also one third I guess of Lumo DJs Lumo music DJs Lumo DJs uh as well as a DJ in his own right he's got this really cool uh DJ night with uh Simon and Gavin Elstead and that's been running for I think it's I think he says in the podcast 20 months So there's a Beastie Boys Lumo special taking place on Saturday, May 27th in uh, Tengu in Dublin City. And they're also doing a good few festivals as well. And you might have even caught them doing a couple of uh, shows too. So I think that that's pretty much everything that he's involved in at the moment. As well as, you know, the website 9 9, which is updated uh, like ridiculously constantly. Like, I didn't even ask him like, wow. How do you do it all? Because I, I can't do it all. Uh, so yeah, the, the talk is really good. We started out talking about, about uh, Spotify and stuff, which is really interesting. It's stuff that I haven't thought about in the way that he thinks about it. So yeah, let's get into it. This is uh, myself and Niall Byrne, a.k.a. or 9 just talking about music and stuff. Logger Wars. Podcast Wars, is you know this is is this what people are expecting? Do you think when they when they press play on this point of everything podcast with Niall or Nine? What's that? A Just of t- talk. TPOE versus <laughs> versus Niall? <an laughs> like, yeah, maybe it's a Friday and I always feel very
1: tired on a Friday. But hopefully, will work in my favor this time. I'll feel more relaxed than
0: usual. <laughs> <laughs> it's your your come down time?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Although not really because there's you don't I don't really stop much anymore. So there's always. Going to Galway go tomorrow for gigs and stuff, so there's always things to do, right?
0: Have Have you kind of figured it out to kind of keep it, like, 9 to 5, kind of Monday to Friday, or is it just... Yeah,
1: I think so. I think now I'm 12 years in on on or Nine, and uh, nearly, this year it'll be 12 years ago. And um, I think at this point, it's pretty much, like, 10 till 6 each day, Monday to Friday, with the exception of all the other stuff I do as well worked into that so sometimes i try and make it like it's usually half six or seven really but don't before i clock off finish for the day but i definitely try and make sure that like a regular week will be will finish on a regular time you know and then there's gigs to go to and all that kind of stuff but i don't go to gigs every night and people will probably think i do you know <laughs> but i don't go to gigs every night of the week
0: is it good like once you kind of clock off you know you like press a clock you're offer um do you actually like okay enough with enough with the new music now I want to listen to this album again
1: no i don't i probably my night times wouldn't be listening to more music probably unless i'm playing somewhere or that's been the nice thing about dj in the last like 5 6 years is that it, it rather than just listening to the new music stuff all the time you get the chance to go back to I have an excuse to go back and listen to stuff that isn't just new isn't defined by just its newness um and it's freshness so listening to old disco or like your favorite bands like um beastie boys for example something like that where you're kind of yeah that's the pure enjoyment of it as opposed to there's a work element to this as well but like new music is you know i'm still um caught up in that in that uh cycle <laughs> i guess you'd call it. why would you call it i think it's a cycle yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's an like addiction it is a bit of an addiction um Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point I feel like I'm getting, there's so many people sending me emails and uh, there's so many Irish bands sending me emails and stuff. So I do try and give them a listen at least once and even get a flavor of it. And I always try to give everyone that asks for feedback. Well, I can't really give feedback anymore, to be (laughs) honest. It's just too difficult. But um, I'd certainly give them a listen. That's what I say now.
0: Is I'll that certainly. what bands kind of, ex, you know, like, oh, have a listen to this. This is, what do you think? Yeah, well, we do you know, I mean, it was kind of, you would have got the same emails as myself. Um, I'm probably not as good as replying as you probably are. <laughs> no,
1: see, I, listen, I can't reply anymore. So uh, I used to say about three or four years ago, I used to say when when somebody would give me, fe- someone would ask for feedback, I'd say, uh, yeah, sure, you can have feedback. And uh, I would get, it might take me a few weeks, but I'd get back to them. And the feedback might be very basic, but it might be hopefully it'll be useful. And I know in in a few situations over the years, some of those people have come back to me and said it was useful, so that's good. But I just can't do it anymore, to be honest. Like, because if I did that, I would just never get anything else done. Um, and you know, I don't just do the website anymore. I do, um, we do gigs, and uh, you know, there's Lumo to do and podcasts and. Uh, I want Music Port to uh, like do some music supervision stuff oh as yeah. well. So there's like, there's so many things that, that are, could occupy the day. So you kind of have to be a bit more disciplined about it, I think. So that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like the discipline angle of new music comes in. I think honestly, like Spotify and stuff has made it almost easier in lots of ways. I mean, you probably what do you think? I mean, like SoundCloud is kind of feels like it's going away again it's like it hit its peak a few years ago and I was discovering loads of music on that. And now it just doesn't feel like it's happening there anymore, really.
0: Yeah, I I don't really look at the the kind of the homepage feed of SoundCloud anymore just because I don't know if I've subscribed to too many like uh, dance radio stations, you know, like Rinse FM. In London and stuff like that. Yeah. It just seems like constantly it's just new producer who I've never heard of, new producer yeah. who I've never heard of. And I'm like, Yeah, I used to use that feed from?
1: a lot, like as in like what's up happening in music. Now I feel like it's fractured again to the point where like a lot of it is on Spotify and it's on release day. And sure there's still lots of good stuff that I and I still use SoundCloud a lot, but um I don't feel like it's where the discovery is is happening itself. It's it's the platform that's used for discovery elsewhere maybe
0: i think it might even be that like these these um platforms have just been there for so many years and like oh new band follow you know you just follow loads of bands and then suddenly it's like too many you have to yeah. like curate the, the i actually speed. went
1: back and and uh you hit a limit on SoundCloud. Did you know that? <laughs> of, of people you can follow. People you can follow. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, I, had like, I think it was like 2000 or something. I was like, oh crap, I've <laughs> I've been using this for too long. So yeah. I, I went back and like pruned them. Um, and I think I hit them again after that. So I probably have to go back. But then again, like I said, a lot of people I'm following probably don't even exist anymore. And they're like, so it would be going back. And it's a kind of a pointless task in lots of ways. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, where do you, where do you listen to new music now?
0: Hmm, I guess it depends. Like, uh, I do still go on Pitchfork and Stereo Gum. you know, for like the, the big news sort of thing. And yeah. then you kind of work from there. You just hear a name. You, I don't know. Maybe it is usually word of mouth that would make me listen to something, but like stuff can catch you as well. Like, you know, I hadn't really listened to Matt, um, Mac DeMarco, Mac DeMarco, Mac DeMarco, yeah. Until like the past week or two, just because you know you hear so much about someone in the weeks, in the hype weeks leading up to release, and you're like, oh okay, I'll I'll give it a listen. So I I think his albums out today
1: as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Um, yeah, um.
0: and festivals as well. You can just have a good experience at a band that you decide I must actually give this band a listen when I get home.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think a lot of mine seems to happen on Spotify or like directly. If it's not, if it's not been sent to me directly or a PR yeah. company sent to me, a lot of it seems to
0: happen on Spotify at the moment. Um, Spotify Discover Weekly?
1: Uh, actually, don't I don't use the Discover Weekly at all. I've never found it any good for myself. What I use is their release radar um, because it's all the artists that I follow or that I play and all the new stuff that comes out. And then um, I just never find the, the Discover Weekly works for me. I don't know. <laughs> It always feels it's like broken. it's it's not quite my vibe because, I don't know, because maybe I'm listening to so much stuff and some of that stuff that comes in from emails for, uh, uh, for, you know, pitches on the site would come through Spotify as well. So you're like, you're also listening to stuff on Spotify now that isn't totally your taste. So you get this weird mix and like usually there's good stuff there, but it's not every week. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. I've. I, I kind of don't like what Spotify Discover Weekly has kind of reduced me to, which is basically just real estate type, uh, yeah. you know, loungy <laughs> yeah. guitar right. summary yeah, yeah, yeah. bands. Like, uh, my playlist last week was pretty much, like, all of them. Okay. Which Let I love. Me just
1: open it now and have a look and see what I got. Because <laughs> I haven't looked at Spotify uh, Discover Weekly. The funny thing I found out that, like, there are people who are following my Spotify uh, Discover Weekly. I don't oh, know if really? could do that. Um...
0: What's he listening to now? What?
1: Yeah. That's it. See, I've never really found. Maybe I should give it another go. But um, there we go. So Discover Weekly has, for me. Yeah, there's six people following it. Wow. Uh, some of the stuff I like, like Mark DeMarco's in there. Um, Heard him. Oh, is there a new Floating Points song? Maybe there is. Um, Della Soul, Mr. Mitch. Stuff I kind of know already, like bad, bad, not good, Charles Bundick. I tell you what, I I resolved to give this another go now because Dame Funk is in there, um, Metronomy. Some of the stuff, yeah, there's a good SoX remix of Jaguar. Ma.
0: I think I think it is just kind of like a good thing to just stick on, and then like if you're you know kind of have it on in the background, and then if something actually stops you in your tracks. You know, you know, yeah. like in the Angeles when this people thing? stop and, and look. I never up.
1: have a chance to do that anymore. I never just stick on. Yeah, actually, the only time I ever stick on music that I don't haven't like programmed myself is in the car, probably. You know, where I'm like, what am I going to listen to? I don't know. I'll stick on this.
0: Car listening is completely different to other types of listening, is not? It? Yeah, it's one of my favorite types of listening, actually.
1: Play it yeah. loud. Yeah, but it's just different. It's a, it's a really nice place to like. I've for context as well. I've only just bought a car in the last year. Um, even though I've been driving my entire life so having that space is really nice place to listen to new music stuff as well so I listen to my to be honest I probably listen to my new music playlist a lot <laughs> which is you know I guess that's good right you should you should be listening to the stuff you make yeah for other people more like yeah I'm listening to that
0: a lot <laughs> I, I guess it is also kind of like just with relation to new Irish music just seeing how can it actually withstand these kind of like different contexts yeah, with which to listen. Like you're not just listening like once or twice on like your, your crap headphones or something like that, you know, yeah. kind of.
1: But yeah. I think it's also fascinating to look at those, the numbers and stuff like that, even if they are just that, I mean, they are an indication of something like you got an artist like Dermot Kennedy, whose new song, who his previous songs have 19 million uh, listens on Spotify. And his new one was that came out a month ago is, Last time I checked, was just at a million, pretty much, and you're like in less than a month, and that's cool and that's great, but it's also like, where does this come from? Like, that's the one thing I have a problem with with Spotify as a as a curator, and I'm doing air quotes there, um, is that I don't get access to any of the stats around my playlist, so I'm not sure if I'm ever doing a, the optimum kind of playlist thing, whether because you know they have, artists have access to, like, skip rates and where their song is being placed and all that kind of stuff. But as a curator, you kind of left in the dark. You don't really know, like, how many tracks are the optimum one or how many, like, what songs people are skipping, whether you should be. So it's it's a weird thing, like, having a constantly rolling playlist that, like, changes almost daily. But then, like, you could add a song that just makes somebody turn it off completely. So... You've no data for that. <laughs> yeah. So I asked actually asked Spotify about this recently, and they they told me that um there is some sort of data coming for like people who make playlists to give you some kind of level of understanding, but even the basic stuff like.
0: But we're n- we're not going to give it to you.
1: Well, I said there there is there is some stuff from coming, but um because of like bands own that data essentially about themselves, the metadata stuff. So I think. They won't share it with anyone else. So that's, f- I understand that. But also like, like I just need, all I'd love to know is like in my playlist when people are listening to it, what are the songs that make people skip? What are the songs that people like play again? You know, what are the ones that are most played? How far down in the playlist do they get? Those yeah. kind of things. You're lost. like, you could never, I'd like to see more of that kind of data for sure. Because I'm sure, like it's there. It just has to be allowed Yeah. into public
0: uh, in I, the wild. I guess um just like going back to when Nylor Nine start dot 9com started, uh like twelve years ago, it was kind of like hosted MP3s and then it and then it kind of turned into SoundCloud and SoundCloud seems yeah. to be like blogging two point sort of thing. And now it as you say, like it is kind of Spotify. I wonder, do you think Spotify is gonna kind of outlive them for longer? Are they gonna be able to stay ahead of of the game or is there another thing out there?
1: It's definitely a good listening experience, I think. Um I enjoy it. I was using Apple Music for a while as well at the same time because I have a lot of I still have an iTunes library, and it's nice to be able to listen to some of that stuff. Some of the stuff isn't on Spotify, obviously. Like we're doing a a Beastie Boys kind of appreciation night at Lumo this month, um, and there's loads of unreleased and like weird like B sides and stuff like that that I have on my computer that I don't have that aren't on Spotify, for example. So, so if I want to listen to that in the car or, or on the go. Uh, the Apple Music stuff was there but like the interface is so bad you Oh, know, like, I've
0: never used it
1: it's actually improved a little bit in the last month only Yeah. but like every time you used to open up the Apple Music app it would basically just crash like one in every three times it would just flat out crash and not even open and then it's just slow and then you forget like I mean the one of the great things about Spotify is that like that instant play that it has I don't know how they manage that but how, how it makes that happen but it's an impressive system. Like, I mean, yeah. being able to press play on a, on a, on a song and have it like play instantly is uh, a big part of the appeal of Spotify. Cause when it happens in the other way around, when, when Apple music does it and you're like, why isn't this playing? Why is it taking two minutes to play, pre- to actually start a track? Like this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like even on, even on, a, on a crappy 3G, um, it's still Spotify still like, manages to keep going, you know, it very rarely drops out unless you're in the depths of Connemara or somewhere like where there's no, there's little or no coverage, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it, it is just kind of great how it, how uh, like cross, cross device as well. Like I was in work and I was just pressing play on a song on the, on the desktop and it started playing out of my phone. I was like, what, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: You can listen to Spotify on your TV now through contrast and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's a, it's a great system. I mean, so many people shit on Spotify, and I know artists got it. There's a lot of talk around it, and there always is, but um, if you look at the numbers and you look at like the, the bar to entry and you look at the fact that you take into consideration that Spotify has not made money yet into all that, and that eventually, I like to think that that's where they're going, that they will break even, the um, cost per stream goes up. And I know, look, I've talked to bands, like there are Irish bands who've made money from their Spotify streams as well, you know. Um, there are people I've talked to who've told me they've been able to finance an album and they're mixing and mastering off their Spotify streams alone. So it's not an like, impossible task. When the people that give out, the people that are, that are the ones that are giving out usually have a label involved, usually have somebody else in in their way who's dealing with spotify so if you're an independent artist and you're dealing direct and you own your masters and all that kind of stuff you can actually make money off spotify
0: i guess it depends on the kind of music that is being made that is kind of getting put on the playlist that is the one that's making money like just with a kindle or with amazon or something there was there was a lot of talk about writers writing a different way in that like you can see the stats as well that you can see, oh people stop reading after a certain point or right. what kind of genre keeps people uh reading you know and you can see yeah, oh, they some, stop at forty percent some or
1: books are just not worth finishing either <laughs> at the same time yeah, same yeah. As some some songs just aren't that good, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I don't know uh yeah, when data starts to drive exactly your your experience um is that's a bit. Yeah, that's a bit of a worry, I guess, because you know, it's like Drake Drake releasing releasing his playlist, and like it was a good playlist actually, <laughs> but like what I everyone was talking about how he you know he has nineteen songs on it, and like he benefits from having more songs on an album or a playlist, whatever it's called, because the more streams r- they rack up, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's still an interesting time for music at the moment um, because of that streaming thing. Um and because it's it is become has become the number one place for artists to make money from music, which is Yeah, that's unusual. Fair. Yeah.
0: Would you would you ever buy stuff off like iTunes?
1: Yeah, well I still buy music because um well mostly for DJing and stuff I buy it from all sorts. Um so all the digital stuff, you know, uh, iTunes doesn't do three twenty but there are loads of other places that do. Um, what do they do? Two five six. Oh right. I'm not sure why. It doesn't make any Play. sense really. <laughs> they're charging the same price. Uh, Google Play has three twenty, um, like beatport and Juno and all those kind of shops, the dance shops have like uh, bleep, they all give you in either um three twenty or wow files. So yeah, I mean that those are that's only a consideration really if you're DJing in a very good system and you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not using YouTube rips or something like that.
0: Um, how did you get into the into the DJing? You said it was about five or six years ago. Like w- I said w- that, but I feel like it's longer now. Actually, twenty seventeen. Um, it's twenty seventeen now. Yeah, I can't remember when I started DJing. Um, Can you remember what it was for? Or like, was there no, one specific? No, I just always
1: wanted. I just yeah. always enjoyed playing records. But like, I think when I thinking back to the early times, I think I got a copy of Tractor, and I started playing. I got asked to play a few places like some launches and stuff i didn't know what it was at really and i think about it like back what i was playing there you know it wasn't really music that was it was the stuff i liked you know i was like here's some music that i like but it wasn't like this is music for dancing kind of thing um which i guess a lot of the dj i'm doing now is more geared towards that um and it's funny that kind of changes your tastes as well in terms of the music you get more interested in as well. Cause I'm definitely more interested in electronic music and dance music and stuff than I was when I, before I started that, because I think it coincides with the fact that it's become more popular, but also I just find it more interesting in a lot of ways. Do you know, like I used, you're talking about real estate and bands like that. Like I used to be mad into bands like that, well not real estate per se, but like, okay. So Grizzly Bear released a new song last night and, uh, that's their first song in five or six years, I think. Yeah, they're about. My music taste has changed a lot since then. You listened to it, you were like... I still like them, I still like them, yeah. but I feel like,
0: oh, that's a different
1: band from a different life kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know? It was like, I was listening to band, that band, The Drums, who had yeah, yeah. Let's Go Surfing. That's that great track out. Like, that was probably around the same time. And they are still going, and they're still doing the same thing. And I'm like, wow, that's dedication. Yeah, Make they, they the actually same. came
0: up in my uh Discover Did Weekly Did they? Yeah, 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 well, yeah this week, I think. And yeah. I commented on it. I was like, Wow, blast from the past. Yeah. And there were people who were like, great band. I'm like, <laughs> ah, they weren't like <laughs> I, don't, I disagree. But um but yeah, you so that just seems to come naturally, I guess. You want to see the music that gets a response. You don't want people being kind of like just walking past you and the DJ is yeah. like kind of apathetic.
1: Yeah, but I think I've always had like if you're it's really hard to decide to To um, put a a descriptor or a label on the kind of music I like because I like lots of different types of music, but the values of of music, the things that I like, um, I like things that are authentic. I like things that are sonically interesting. I like things that are, yeah, I guess I like things that are electronically driven as well because of that. Um, because I feel like I almost feel like. If you're playing a guitar, especially when you, when I was growing up and I was thinking about all the music I used to listen to, like when Oasis were big and stuff like that. And that drove so many people to like make music and play guitar. But like playing guitar is like playing along a lot of the times. So the way that people play guitar is different to the way that people play like a synth or like a keyboard or somewhere like that because you're just kind of strumming away in lots of ways. You can get away with strumming on a lot of music, you know, where like, I love like ships. The new ships album is a great example because it's a very well produced album, but it's also really beautifully done in terms of its, its arrangements and it's synthesizer driven electronic music, really Uh, a bit of funk and a bit of disco in there as well. And they're definitely inspired by music of the eighties and, and like drum machines and synthesizers, analog synthesizers and stuff. And I, I'm really drawn to that kind of sound, I think. Um, And I'm increasingly drawn to that sound. Um, But then again, like, there's things that are surprising about, like, what happens in music, you know, like jazz, right? So there's a big... There's a lot of jazz happening in in music, like, whether it be on Kendrick Lamar albums or Bad Bad Not Good or people like that or Thundercat. And I don't know where that comes from, but it's really interesting. Or Snarky Puppy, who were here last week, and you're like, where does that desire come from? Where does that, like how do young people start getting into jazz? Do you know? Yeah. Um, the only really description I can, the only really way I can figure that out in terms of like their colleges like BIM where uh, students are, are learning music and they're learning theory and they're learning an appreciation for that kind of stuff. And then they start to naturally be drawn towards the more technically minded stuff that's like jazzy. um, And then a community builds up over that kind of stuff. But then the flip side is though, so much of like electronic music going at the moment in Ireland, there's so much house and techno, not necessarily being made, but, um, there's a lot of interest in it. Um,
0: yeah. So, yeah. I, I remember, uh, a tweet. I remember you tweeting about the galaxy, just saying like more about ba- like back in like 2012 or something like that, when the galaxy were kind of really figuring out their live show and really becoming like the, the kind of the party band do your sort of thing and you were just kind of like, you know, more bands should kind of be like this something along those lines.
1: Well, what I was probably saying, I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I, what I, I think I love party bands, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, But I love party For lack bands. Lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. I love party bands that like make an effort in terms of what they're doing on stage and not just like, thankfully that whole like sitting behind, stand behind your laptop thing of the IDM era is gone. Uh, but then the flip side of it is like, I don't know if you were watching Coachella. Um, so good for you bands, yeah. We watched a couple of things in this room, actually on the live stream and I was watching them. I was kind of gone. how bad is this? I can't tell anymore. Because like there was some real EDM stuff, but there was like a guy who kind of looked like he was trying to play a piano, but it was like a shitty like fake one. And then he had his laptop and then it was like, just him jumping up and down to to a drop. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And now I'm starting to feel old, (laughs) you know? I'm like, where is this going? Like, that was, like, Coachella, there's an American sensibility of music that happens at that, like, the EDM stuff that I don't see reflected here, necessarily, thankfully. Um, But it definitely feels, like, removed from the actual music making where, okay, they might still be using a laptop and maybe a synth, but there's a lot of, like, spectacle. But in the wrong kind of way, maybe... It's like, a, it's like a DJ set, like Steve Aoki doing his, like, his thing where, you know, cake throwing and all that kind of stuff where there's an element of that, like, showmanship and spectacle, which isn't based in the music part of it, do you know, Um which I like. I like bands that are like LCD Sound System, for example,
0: a great live band. Um, I'm, I'm nodding. Sorry. <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot this was a yeah, podcast. Have to yeah, make noises. This,
1: they are a great live band and they are... um it was, I was just thinking back because they they released two new songs, um, to their electric picnic show last year and how much of a spectacle that was in terms of their big disco ball, their tunes, their number of people on stage. It was like a studio on stage. I love that stuff. I love that kind of stuff. But then I also love like Kraftwerk and kind of like four robotic lads who are, you know, elevating themselves
0: through like visuals and weird sounds and, um, so so it's just kind of like about bands keeping the keeping your attention and keeping things interesting and exciting. No, I mean, look not I mean that's like
1: at the at a bigger level. That's a higher level than most bands are aware. Of. But I'm sorry I guess to bring it back to where the Irish thing is coming from. Uh, um I'm seeing more engaging performers on stages now than ever, I think. There's not just like bands going through the most and go, Okay, get up, we play our instruments, we do that. And that's cool, but like you can do that in such a way that has flair and like is interesting to an audience. You know, like the shoegaze idea of like literally, you know, the band, the audience aren't there. We're we're
0: playing, but we're not yeah. acknowledging you. We're not going to say hello. We're not going to say goodbye. Yeah, we're that kind of stuff. Fire, you're so. like,
1: I'm not sure if that's a. I'm glad that's in the past. Um,
0: yeah, that's because true. I just
1: feel like that kind of rock and roll sensibility yeah. of we're cooler than you. Or, like, we don't know how to play your instruments. Or maybe we do know how to play their instruments. That kind of stuff is tired and old. And, like, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll part of it is an old idea. You know? And that that clung around too long, I think, late 90s. It was either, like, singer-songwriters or that kind of stuff. I think that stuff is pretty much gone now. You think? I think they're never yeah. going to go away. Well, I think there's less of it in Ireland, and I think there's. It's really interesting here at the moment. There's some um, Irish bands who I feel like are perfectly calibrated for the UK market, if you want to say that. Um, like Fine Club and Otherkin, those kind of bands, they make poppy kind of rock and roll music or grunge music. They don't. I don't really feel like there's an audience in Ireland for that kind of music. The audience is in UK and abroad. And, like, all over
0: the place. But I just don't feel like there is an audience for them here, necessarily. I think it's a young audience, though, isn't it? It's like 18-year-olds kind of... Yeah, maybe. I th- I think the five is 18 would be, like, to Club, another kid. Oh, my God, the best bands ever. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I mean, look, we're talking about the lineup for Longitude and, like, how it's full of hip-hop and and pop stuff and there's very few bands on that lineup, you know? The only... There was Bitch Falconer announced today for that. But other than that, I didn't see a lot of bands... Yeah, necessarily. And maybe that's where we're at again. I mean, like, look, the UK music press has been talking about how guitars are dead for the last ten years, and they're still going on about it. Um, girl band, though. That's
0: my <coughs> that's my answer to all. Well, that yeah, things. but it's like, like see band. this.
1: There, there's a great example of how you do the rock band thing without being a rock band because like, being exciting. Yeah, because they use like different textures and different tones, and and they don't approach their music, like, okay, we're going to play gonna play a riff now and it's going to be, like, pretty standard. And then, yeah, and, like, I mean, they don't do it in the same way as, like, bands with no imagination do it. There's loads of imagination. There's loads of, like, sonically interesting things going on there, like, scratching and, like, not actual, like, turntable scratching, but, you know, like, metallic scratching kind of sounds. And I think they're, like, they do approach their particular kind of guitar music as like as if they're playing techno or something like that because it's really intense and it's like but it does it in a different way than is like that heavy metal does it or like other bands do it and i think that's why they are doing as well as they are
0: yeah like they they kind of put it down to listening to um that cover i can't think of the artist of where, where they are. yeah, yeah. where they that? where why they hide their bodies under my garage yeah and yeah like i'll be interested to see like kind of girl band's effects on the bands around them in dublin like i know daniel fox the bassist for girl band is also kind of um recording a couple of other artists like he's playing with patty hannah's band as well and also patty hannah i think has really taken a step up in the past six months a year like yeah the, the last two singles that he's released are really really interesting yeah for, he's for kind, of kind of
1: developed into this um really interesting classic singer songwriter kind of style yeah
0: which he's really suits yeah. Like it's kind of a persona almost.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it is or not, but um <laughs> No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, but like I like it and I think it works really well and I think the songs are good. So I mean look, all of this comes down to anything we're talking about, whether it's like a band sending me uh music for feedback or like listening to a song on your Discover weekly, it's like about whether you like the song or not, and about the song being good and well put together and well written. Um and having that playability or replayability that you want from your favorite music like you know yeah um what was the question again
0: <laughs> um i was just talking about how i think girl band are going to be really exciting yeah like i think that they're just see where they go now yeah like I, hope they, I hope they do I hope they do more go? stuff i think what that they do and yeah. how will
1: that sound and is there uh you know life in that sound um went out it sounded do you know when a band releases a second album and you're like uh yeah did uh, the same thing yeah it didn't quite work the second time around i hope that doesn't happen to them i mean like (laughs) really like i know nobody really wants that to happen ever but um it does sometimes take a second release for from a band to go uh yeah it's just uh, kind of the same thing
0: (laughs) um going back to the djing stuff i guess uh you've kind of got quite a bit on. You've got like, Lumo has been going for yeah, almost 18 months now.
1: Lumo once a month now. Um, it's uh, 20 months now this month, because um, we're counting them for some reason. Uh, but yeah, Lumo number 20 is on, on May 27th. Yeah, it's been going really well. It's been a nice thing to do. Um, I remember, look, it's the same story as every club that starts. Somebody goes, hey, nobody's doing this. We should do this. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> that's what we said. Um, but i did really feel like there was a a space in dublin for a uh, a club that wasn't just house and techno and um did allow us to play a lot of this comes from the vinyl love idea in the first place actually is a you know the lovely part about we're doing this vinyl love for repeal uh, gig on sun next sunday may 14th and um actually we're doing eight gigs around around ireland and the uk but so that's a repeal fundraiser, but that all started with Stevie G um, doing, um, I'm sure you were at them, were you? I've been to a yeah, few. Yeah, yeah. So the one the one he did for a quarter black party last year, or it was 2015, he did that one and I saw that on the 10 Hours website and I was like, that'd be a really good idea for a fundraiser kind of thing. So that's where that developed from. But also, uh, as in what I like about the vinyl of ideas, everyone, every DJ gets half an hour to play or it's seven, seven inches or eight. Uh, tracks, whatever for repeal the eight is eight tracks, um, and the really nice thing about that is that everything every time you play something you're not, DJs, There's a difference between a DJ and a, like a selector. you know, like a DJ is, well, there can be a difference. They can be the same thing, but a lot of people, I remember having a discussion with Callie Anne about this. He was like, you can be so driven by the BPM of your records because that's the way most people play music you know if you're DJing like oh you got to mix this track in you got to match the BPM and all that kind of stuff but like really people all all the people really want to do unless you're just trying to impress the other DJs really all people want from you when you're DJing is to play good tunes you know that's where the selector angle comes in where you're like playing songs that are just fucking great and that's it um and yeah I still do a lot of that mixing stuff as well but like you know, you try and make sure that you don't lose sight of the selector thing. It's like playing the songs you want to play because they're the best, you know. Yeah. Like, so Lumo was kind of part of that because we wanted to play Caribou. We wanted to play Phil Collins. We wanted to play Grimes. We wanted to play Tame Impala. We wanted to play um, Imagination. We wanted to play Chic. We wanted to play um, Hot Chip, Soul Wax. All sorts. We wanted to play things we liked from all the way back to all the way now. So um, that's kind of what we're doing, I think. Um, and it's not like we don't, we, we say we're not a house in Techno Night because we're not, we don't define ourselves by a genre. That's
0: the idea. And is is, I, is there a sense of like, I'm going to get Simon and Gav with this. This one's going to impress them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the, the three of us are very different DJs actually. Like I'm kind of in the middle between the two of them, like, Simon would be more into his electro and pop stuff and then Gavin would be more into the actual minimal techno <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but I think we all have a shared sensibility as well, which is why we like doing it. But I think, yeah, look, it's been going really well. We've been doing it for yeah 20 months now and things have been developing nicely and we have getting good crowds in and we're doing festivals and stuff like that as well. It's also been nice for me to like, I started DJing on my own and uh, I do my website on my own and pretty much so need to hang out with people yeah well i mean like they're my mates anyway but it was like when we came up with the idea it was like let's make this happen and then we made it happen and now it's still happening so you're like yeah we're doing we've got like we're doing galway and cork and body and soul and and uh casapalooza and bear in the woods and so yeah there's loads of opportunities
0: what are you doing in cork
1: uh well actually we just confirmed today but we don't have no have oh, any okay. details but so, uh, uh, finally oh. finally LEP I think is happening oh, okay. in September that's the idea uh, uh, Lumo is going to LEP we've been trying to make that happen for like two years um so. I think it's going to happen again.
0: Cool. <laughs> and let's maybe end with just a little bit about um, kind of your, your showcase gigs that you have coming up. That Like, well, you've kind of been working with Homebeat.
1: Yeah, so... On, on some I've been doing more gigs the last couple of years
0: because I just think...
1: Um, I did kind of not stop doing them, but I always liked doing... The first time I ever did gigs was really... I didn't want to do them in a regular space. I didn't really want to do them in... Um, a regular venue so that was where the first idea came from I wanted to put bands on in like Tampa Bar um, in the Monster Truck Art Gallery or Block T places like that now sadly all those places are pretty much gone <laughs> although we did do one in D-Light Studios uh, myself and Young Hearts one free for Music Town last month where we had uh, nine Seven live bands play, <laughs> and two uh, spoken word artists. So we had like Loa, Embers, Hair squid, oh, Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the cl- you Bridget, kind of Bridget Power. Uh, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> kind of a mystery lineup. Yeah, so it was a completely secret lineup, and I liked that thing. But it was also hard work to do a secret lineup to sell, it, you know. So, so the homey thing was kind of like, I think we talked about doing something together for a long time, and. um, Bello Bar is a is a really nice venue, and we just we both really like it. I think from Emmett's point of view, from home beat, he just like it's nice for him not to have to do to build a, a stage every <laughs> night, um for a gig, and it's really a new music showcase. So, uh, we have O'Hara's on board as a sponsor and stuff like that. So we're doing four of them at the moment. Um, third one's coming up May twenty fifth. That's uh, Le Boom Sole and Alvaredi. Uh, so that will be good. That'd be a, that's a really good lineup. But I think it's um, pretty well already, even though it's only one of other day. So I, I yeah, I think it'll be a really good night. It's a Thursday night.
0: I like that you can say those three names together, those three kind of genres of music. And it just seems like, oh, that will be really good. It's not like you're putting a rap artist with a kind of a, yeah. typical, you know, not a typical, but like a guitar act and, and the other thing. as Yeah, all like all electro, but it, <laughs> it all just kind of those work man. yeah well i think they're the variation. same generation
1: as well you know and that's what you were talking about new music and stuff there's lots of really interesting you know, rap and r&b and soul and hip-hop stuff happening in ireland throughout ireland so like that's exciting you know um and i also it's nice to be able to bring that music i'm sure you know like when you write about music you know, you're recommending it to people and sometimes you don't know if they, like who's connecting with it or like how they're connecting with it. Um, but it's nice to do that in the
0: flesh as well, you know. It's kind of like an extra seal of approval.
1: Well, it's an extra an out- outlet for the band and it's also a nice thing for for myself to do. It's like, you know, I recommend new music so why not like put some music on and show people how good they are you know yeah, yeah. like and I know those three bands are really really good live as well so I can know I can stand behind those and say they're great we have I think Ships are going to do the June one as well so cinema as well so that'll be a good line up um, so that'll be we're doing four and then we might the idea is maybe we might see if we can do like a, a tour of bands later in the year maybe kind of Something like that might be
0: fun to do. Cool. All these ideas just percolating. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And uh, you are doing a new music showcase at Music Cork. The inaugural Music Cork showcase rather than festival, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's a a smaller showcase than uh, Strand, than, say, Harvard Class Heroes, which has 100 bands. I think it's more like 20 bands are playing over the two, three days. And it's very much more industry-driven. There's a lot more... Excuse me, uh, UK and Ireland um, industry coming to meet up and do networking and all that kind of stuff. So, part of that is to try and maybe put those bands like uh, Lyra and LaBoom and uh, Jack O'Rourke, put those in front of industry where maybe they can help their careers in a way, you know. And uh, that's the idea with Music Cork, you know. I mean, it's an opportunity for music industry professionals to meet up and, and in a place like Cork, think it's a really good idea, you know?
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how, it, how it works first yeah. year. Out. Like fair play to Shane Dunn, I think is his name from independence Shane, yeah, for yeah. kind of driving it on. Like he seems pretty, um, bullish is the wrong word, kind of positive about it anyway.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's a nice thing to try. And, um, like I said, Cork has an appeal because it a lot of the, Certainly a lot of the UK industry have not been to Cork um too regularly. And they might come to Dublin a bit more often. Um so it has that kind of like getaway feel for a lot of people, you know. It's like when you the festivals that work really well in industry terms like happen in places like Groningen in, in Holland or like Texas, Episode West, stuff like that, or Brighton, the Great Escape, you know. So they're like they happen not in the cities, really, most of them, most of the ones that I think work really well, work in places that feel like it's work, but it's also an opportunity to go somewhere different. So yeah. I think Cork will, will definitely work for that. And obviously, you know, talking to Shane about it, um, originally, you know, Shane worked with Web Summit stuff like that. And one of the big parts of why Web Summit really worked, I think, is because... It had a very good networking element because we it's, it was in Ireland and it was based around like pub crawls and stuff like that as well. And, you know, we have great pubs here and like, why not take advantage of that? So we have great pubs and that is, you know, Cork is going to be a good place to have that conversation happen and have those like informal conversations around music uh, in industry and stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be, yeah, it'll be good fun.
0: One final word, uh Le Boom, are they the best live ba- like new live band around in Ireland at the moment? Um,
1: yeah, I think they're great crack. Um Best uh, party band. Uh, certainly uh, at the moment. Yeah, sounds,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But look, look, there's loads of loads of good stuff happening, there always is. So um I just heard a new band this week that I never heard anything by and they're releasing the album next week. I can't even remember what they're called or something. <laughs> really. But um
0: yeah. So new, I've forgotten them already.
1: <laughs> well, it was a complicated name. I was like, okay, cool. But I really liked what I heard. So um, there's always something new coming in, as you know. <laughs>